Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. I try and save your hot freedom. I try and do it every day, every month, every year, minute in and minute out, but I can't do it alone. And so this year uh, I have employed my good friend Spike Cohen to help me at Freedom Fest, help me help you uh, preserve all of the liberties that you hold dear in one incredible convention in Las Vegas at the Mirage. It is four days of nonstop hot freedom, and I'm very excited to go. I'm going to emcee the event this year. Uh, In the past, I have been the judge in the mock trial, and I think Steve Forbes for years actually thought I was a real jurist. Uh, still, when I see him in the building, he's like, hello, judge. I'm like, yes, that's absolutely right. <laughs> do you need me to marry someone or, or get you out of a speeding ticket? I can do it. Uh, Spike Cohen has been a, a phenomenal champion of liberty and the Libertarian Party throughout the country, and he knows Every candidate, every local race, uh, he's been doing just incredible work with groups and individuals trying to spread the message of limited government. And uh, he's making incredible inroads. And Spike, welcome back to Kennedy Saves the World. Thank you. And that was a a great talk up of me. I'm no Chief Justice Kennedy, but I, I try my best. Well, you know, even if you're an associate justice, you wear uh, the robe of freedom so well. And it, it's yes. what everyone says, Spike. And, you know, Freedom Fest really is it, it is an evolving celebration of different people from different walks of, you know, the, the life of liberty who, who converge yeah. on Las Vegas. And for people who have never been, what can they expect? Uh, well, Freedom Fest is basically I mean, you you. Uh, talked it up pretty well already, but it's a it is uh, a convention of people from across the world, uh, liberty lovers and freedom lovers of every stripe, uh, who come together for uh, all sorts of uh, panels and speaking events and all sorts of other things. And really, it's just a place for civil discourse to discuss every single part of what brings more liberty to our lives and, and to our society in general. And not just the, the political freedom that we often talk about, but economic freedom, financial freedom, uh, social and creative freedom, even you know, in, our, in our health freedom. Uh, and it's just really, it's, it's an incredible group of people, um, literally you know, a couple hundred of some of the, the biggest names out there uh, coming together to, uh, to talk about every single subject. Uh, I'm gonna be on a few different panels about all sorts of wide ranging subjects subjects. Uh, I know you're going to be the, the MC and, uh, and do your show as well. Um, it, the names that we're going to have on there are just incredible. It is a, it is, uh, it's like comic-con for Liberty nerds, basically. 
And I'm excited to uh, to see John Cleese in the flesh. Yes. Uh, he's yes. been a, a great champion <laughs> of free speech and has really pushed back against political correctness. And yep. I, I am eager to hear what he has to say and how Monty Python would be censored now. You know, not just oh, by the government, but culturally censored. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched the, the Netflix documentary on their show, and it it's so unbelievable the amount of uh talent and humor concentrated in just a few individuals and you know pushing the boundaries and you know having this very adolescent humor combined with this incredible intellectualism and yeah. how that that would have been too much uh for people who are invested in having a, a very safe sterile society Absolutely. I, I will tell you something. It's it's interesting to watch how things come full circle. The more things change, the more they stay the same. You know, when Monty Python came out in the, was it late 60s, early 70s? When it came out, there were the scolds they had to deal with back then. They had to deal with the prudes back then who uh, had a problem with their humor. And then you come full circle after it, it basically by like, say, the 90s. Uh, or 2000s, it had become sort of a mainstream thing, and, and no one seemed to be offended by that kind of humor. And now we're coming back into another cycle of a, a new group of scolds uh, who are very offended by pretty much everything, and uh, their offense equates to you having to change. Uh, I, I will tell you, just as a side note, um, there are a few times every every once in a while something will happen, and I'll think, I wonder if this is the moment I've peaked. And I think, you know, the promotional graphics for Freedom Fest showing me and you and Ben Stein and John Cleese and, you know, Steve Forbes and and uh, and and all these other people. And I think this has to I have to have peaked now. Right. Like, there, is there what's next? Like, I, it's just it's incredible to have me on the same graphic as John Cleese and you. That, that's just, you know, growing up watching uh, MTV and watching Monty Python. And now here I am on the same graphic. It's just incredible to me. Well, what I would like to see is uh, a libertarian on the debate stage in the 2024 yes. presidential campaign. And, you know, people are getting very sick, you know, the more they become invested in how does the world really work and how is yep. information really controlled? And the Commission on Presidential Debates, it's one of those things that I, I think is going to take uh, a lot of incoming over the next two years. And people yep. will demand transparency and they, they will also demand a, a greater multitude of voices. So how is the Libertarian Party shaping up in terms of 2024? Obviously, you are going out there you travel a ton uh you are talking to individual chapters you are helping people get elected and run for office in, in ways that you know people hadn't conceived of since harry brown and you know ron paul who was a republican so how is yep. that shaping up for you and is there going to be a giant clash between you and dave smith for the heart and soul of the libertarian party and the presidential nomination oh i i don't want to clash with any any good libertarian in the movement I, and that includes dave or justin mosh or larry sharp or, or anyone else that's working hard to fight for liberty um i haven't made any decisions for 2024 but i'll tell you this right now 
uh, until we grow the movement to a point where we can get on that debate stage, we are getting so much new media that the old media has to pay attention to us. Until we reach that point, we're basically having a debate over who the next person is to score the margin of error, right? Who's the next person to get 2% or 4% or maybe even 5%, but not who's going to win or who's going to get on the debate stage. The work I'm doing right now with my new group, You Are the Power, is the work we need to do to grow the liberty movement at the grassroots level so that we reach a point where they can't ignore us. We're so big that even if they try to ignore us, uh, we just disrupt everything that they've, that they've built. I'd like to see a point where it doesn't matter who the CPD allows on the debate stage, because we're already commanding much larger audiences anyway. And that's what we're working on every day. Yeah. And certainly with new media and uh, the podcasts that resonate with people that, that people tune into, you know, that that aren't traditionally uh, part yeah. of the hyperpartisan duopoly. And, you yes. know, there there are voices that people are discovering. And, you know, even even if you've been around for a while, you have curious people who've lost their businesses, uh, who have lost their freedom because of the pandemic. So how much mm-hmm. of the pandemic and politicians wanting citizens to move past it and wanting us to forget the regulations and the compliance and the abundance of caution. How much will that be part of the conversation at Freedom Fest? And and will that still be resonating with people in 2024? Oh, that's going to be the main conversation being had or different variations of it. Because the reality is even what we're facing right now, the the rapidly growing inflation that we're experiencing, the supply chain disruptions, the shortages, all of that harkens back to what they tried to do to deal with COVID, you know, shutting down uh, entire industries at once, not just here in the US, but but across the Western world, really across most of the world, uh, while simultaneously handing people checks to stay home. They, uh, uh, They artificially reduced the value of our money while simultaneously reducing the supply of product by telling people to stay home and paying them to stay home, and then artificially propping up demand by giving people money to do nothing. Surprise, surprise, that leads to shortages and inflation and all the terrible things we're experiencing now. So, you know, we are still in the even though we aren't experiencing right now the mandates or the the um, the lockdowns or anything like that, we're experiencing the logical conclusions that I and you and other libertarians and frankly, just people with common sense were warning about back in 2020 and 2021. Uh, this is something that's going to be felt for many, many years to come. This is not a Republican versus Democrat problem. It is a ruling class versus we the people problem. It's not just in the US, it's really across the world. And no one has forgotten this. And frankly, they're experiencing it more more acutely every single day. So that is the main conversation that's happening. And I'm certain that it'll be the main conversation happening at Freedom Fest as well. Do you think that uh, this generation of people who are coming of age in um, this version of the liberty movement, do they feel like they have been let down by the past two administrations in, in ways they might not have conceived of eight years ago, 10 years ago? I think they're not only feeling let down by the last two or even three or four administrations, they feel let down by the entire neoliberal world order that had told them a lie on what they were supposed to do to be able to succeed. They just had to work hard and keep their nose to the grindstone and study hard and go to a good college and everything would work out. What they weren't being told was that the powers that be were intentionally reducing the ability for them to be able to uh, have, to be able to save, to be able to work, to be able to grow 
grow a business and frankly, for their money to even be worth anything. They were hit from every single end. They were stuck holding the bad. There's they're, they're, They and future generations that haven't even been born yet are being stuck with tens of trillions of dollars in debt with more, even more, you know, over a hundred trillion dollars in unfunded uh, liabilities, unfunded mandates to come. Um, so they feel left behind by the entire order and they should feel left behind by it. It wasn't built for them. It was built for a very small number of incredibly, uh, incredibly cynical and incredibly powerful people. And we can uh, either let them listen to the Bernie Sanders of the world who tell them, oh, the world isn't fair. You know, they, they screwed you over. So we're just going to give you free stuff. Or we can explain to them uh, that this isn't that they need to pull themselves up by their bootstrap. We recognize that the bootstrap license is, you know, half a million dollars and that the problem is the the things that have been done by government to put them in this position. Yes, they need to work hard, but we also need to fix the problems that have been created by the ruling class and put the power back in the hands of the people. And that's that's what it is incumbent upon all of us to do uh, for this generation and, and frankly, for everyone. Yes, and and certainly for future generations. All right, we got more of this interview after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Do you ever worry yeah. that people are addicted to the idea of entitlements? Oh, absolutely. It's it. They are in, they are addicted to the idea of entitlements. I mean, how how great does it sound, especially if you don't know the consequences of it, the idea that you don't have to do anything and you just get money for it. I mean, all the major corporations that get trillions of dollars a year in, in uh, bailouts and handouts, they certainly love it. Um, but I think it's also, you have to couple that with the fact that a lot of people have been robbed of any effective way for them to do it the other way, right? Like they're told, okay, well, you know, you're not, you don't come from a wealthy family, but you're smart. So if you go to school, you go to college, you get a good job, everything will work out. And they're finding out that actually wasn't the case. Um, and not always, it certainly helped, but it's, it was not the guarantee that it was for their parents or their grandparents or great grandparents generation. Uh, and it increasingly is not a guarantee. Um, so that, so if you're told, okay, Okay, that's the way that one side tells you to go. 
uh, with a system that's gamed against you. And then the other side says, well, actually, if you just stay home, we'll just give you money. It's your human right. Which one, which side do you think is going to sound more appealing? We have to provide the real, sustainable, truthful option there of saying, no, they're both lying to you. And, and frankly, they're playing good cop, bad cop with you. What we need to be doing is fixing the problems that they've created and making your money worth something again and removing the red tape and the burdens and bureaucracy that are keeping you from being able to thrive and, and to survive on your own. And it'll be a far better experience that way. But no, we need to break both the entitlement mentality and the the um, the destruction of anything else that leads them into entitlements. Do you think that uh, Bitcoin will ever come back? I know a lot of people at this conference will be talking about crypto. Uh, they're going okay, to be talking so here, about I'm gonna, gold. I'm gonna... I love gold. I love gold. Okay, so... Oh, gold is great. And I, I don't think that you have to necessarily choose between crypto and, and physical metals. Uh, I think they, they both have their place. But let's just keep something in, in, in mind here. So I'm looking right now, current market value of Bitcoin is around 20,500, okay, which is like as low as it's been for quite some time. It's also around the all time high for 2017. If you watch the, the pattern for Bitcoin and for cryptocurrency, it has these parabolic increases where it goes through the roof, and then it crashes down to somewhere above where it was before that that whole cycle started. And that's been going on for quite some time. Um, and I think that, you know, I can't guarantee, obviously, this isn't financial advice, um, but I, I, I believe long term, I'm put it this way, I'm bullish on crypto. I believe that crypto and DeFi and the blockchain and, and decentralized currency and finance are the way forward. Uh, and I think that these are hiccups. I, I, I'd say, you know, let's find out in October uh, what the price looks like, because uh, every October since I think 2011, uh, the price of Bitcoin has gone up. Uh, so let's see what it looks like in October and we can see if that cycle still holds. But I, I'm still bullish on all these things. Yeah. Now, I, I, I share your faith. And, you know, right now it might <laughs> feel wildly optimistic. But yes. if you look at the grand scheme of things and if you look how, you know, we have been hoodwinked into horrible monetary decisions because of central banking in this country yes. and other countries, that is not sustainable. So, you know, no. this is a better option than than what we have been sold, you know, which is very similar to the lie that you were talking about politically, both sides who don't cancel each other out. They really, you know, they they need each other. It's it's a they codependency that yep. uh, it, it really they're vultures and they're feeding on the carcass of your future. So they, you should be over it. You should be angry. Absolutely. They play good cop to their base, but more importantly, they play bad cop to the other base. If you're a you know more Republican leaning type person and it sometimes feels like the Democrats are, are actively trying to tick you off, it's because they are. And it's the Republicans doing it on the other side to the other side as well. And the reason for that is that that way, even when your side fails you, you still vote for them because they're the quote unquote lesser evil. And if I don't vote for you know team red, I'm going to get team blue or, or vice versa. It's a good cop, bad cop routine. It's a big rope-a-dope. Um, going back to the thing with uh, with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, if you compare, you know, the the uh, the swings of, of cryptocurrency to you know the U.S. dollar, the Federal Reserve note, uh, in the last hundred years, the Federal Reserve note has lost ninety eight percent of its value. Let, let's put that another way. Imagine if your money was worth fifty times what it is right now, and everything still costs the same that it does right now. That's how much you have been robbed by central banking.
It's actually worse than that because you have to factor in compounding interest and how much more you would have been able to save and everything else. But even just looking at it like that, they have robbed you of 98% of your purchasing power. And it was entirely so that they could rig this game a monopoly for them and the, the people that put them in office. And it's a disgusting system. The reason that they're trashing Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies is precisely because they know if they can't control what money is, if they can't control the money supply, then they lose everything. They lose their ability to lord over people. They lose their ability to try to sell their entitlement schemes or to sell their their you know plans to quote unquote make things better or to keep us safe or secure. Uh, they lose all of that, and uh, and that's why we need to you know support these things. And again, this isn't just specifically Bitcoin, but just decentralized finance in general, and that includes uh, precious metals. Well, Spike Cohen, I cannot wait to see you in Las Vegas. It is going to be a phenomenal and legendary Freedom Fest. I hope people yes. stop by. It's at the Mirage. Uh, you can high five all of us and have a great time <laughs> and then lose a bunch of your money, uh, not only to the federal government, but also uh, at the blackjack table. Spike, yes. thank you for stopping by the podcast. I always appreciate it. Absolutely. I always love coming on. Thank you, Kennedy. I can't wait to hear what you have to say in Sin City. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.